Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Hey guys, welcome back to Ladies Who's Law School. This is Haley. And this is Sam. And welcome back to episode 12. So update, we are still in quarantine. We're still taking online classes via Zoom. Um, This week, it's been pretty hard just because we have an appellate brief due. Um, So we've been working on that. And today, the day that we're recording is Friday. And we are finally almost done. They're due tonight. So... Yeah, I am pretty much done, and I'm ready to turn that sucker in. Yeah, same. I never want to write one. Well, actually, it wasn't. I mean, if I had to do that as a job, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but it just takes forever. Yeah, I would agree. It does take a really long time. It's not the easiest thing we've ever done, that's for sure. Um, So update on our grading. Our school told us that we are going to be doing credit, no credit. So that pretty much means that if you pass, you get a credit. And if you literally don't know anything that you're going to fail slash no credit, but it won't act as an F on our report. Well, not report cards, but our our (laughs) grades. So um, yeah, and credit, no credit, I feel like it's just a nicer to the transcript than it is if you uh fail so i think that's the positive of doing credit no credit i know a lot of our teachers have said that if we just know something that we'll do good on the final so that makes me happy yep and since we learned that news we asked y'all on instagram like what your school was doing and um we got a couple of responses on how your law school is you know, dealing with the coronavirus. So most people are totally okay with the pass fail. Mm -hmm. I think, of course, there are going to be some people who, you know, needed to get their GPA up and unfortunately they can't do this this semester, but most people are pretty happy with how their schools handle it. I know that before we knew if we were credit or no credit, I mean, personally, I was stressing out because I didn't know like how exams were even going to work. And it's just Mm -hmm. like the unknown for us is scarier because so much weight is put in our grades yeah i totally agree i mean that's just the basis of law school i know someone joked around today and asked our civil procedure teacher if it would be pass fail forever and she laughed and she's like no we will obviously go back to the rigors of law school once all this is said and done so yeah and um that being said even though we know our grading system now like we still don't know how exams are going to work so once we find that out we will update you guys as well. But for the time being, um, we're going to just keep on doing what we're doing. And yeah. we Before the uh, pandemic, I guess, really started and we all had to 
go inside and stay at home. We got a lot of questions about finances, scholarships, student loans of that sort. So we are going to talk about that today. Yep. So we have a clip that we recorded a while back and we're just going to play that back for you guys and we hope that you enjoy it. So first off, disclaimer, we are not financial advisors and we are not experts. Yeah. So everything that we're telling you is things that we've learned along the way of advice, but we are not telling you to go ahead and do these things with your money. It's just a suggestion or another opinion that we're just giving out. Yes, exactly. So we got the question. How do I? Yeah, basically a group of questions about finances, budgeting, and loans. So that's what we're going to touch on today. Yep. So I think a big question that a lot of people who are about to go into their one L year, the first thing they ask is like, "Oh, well, can I work um, my one L year?" Because a lot of people work during undergrad or between undergrad and law school, so it's not a weird question to think like, "Oh, you know, could I work?" And the answer is like, probably not. Yeah. And Um, you probably don't want to give up your paycheck. So you're like, okay, how can I like supplement my income? And I think if you're going to take on the full time, basically job of a law student, you're going to have to sacrifice that a little bit. I mean, if it's something that you just do not want to consider taking out loans and Mm -hmm. you really can't risk it, just maybe look into a part-time program because I know a ton of people work full-time and go to law school too. I just think if you're doing full-time day, like you said, it's kind of and not I mean, really possible. There are some females in our class that are law legal assistants and I'm paralegals and I'm they work their butts off. So, I mean, props to them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, their life is no short of crazy and packed. So, I know we both don't work. This Other than school. I mean, school's our job. But school's my job. Yeah. Number one priority, yeah. And then I think this is a hobby job, you know, gives us something else to do. I like it, Mm -hmm. obviously. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So back to money. One thing that you can do if you are working summer before is save some money. Save. Even before the summer, before law school, but like probably right before um, you're going to be applying. So probably by September of the cycle you're applying in, Mm -hmm. you should have some money saved up because we're about to kind of give you guys a rundown of what it costs Mm -hmm. to sign up for the LSAT and kind of get the application stuff going. And that's even before you're, you know, committing to a school. So it's a lot of, it's a big chunk of money for some people. Yeah. It's not cheap to apply and, you know, put down a seat deposit if you do get accepted and hold your spot Mm -hmm. before you even get your student loans, basically. So I guess a breakdown of what you should be looking out for if you're in that pre-application spot. Um, so the first thing is to register for the LSAT in the CAS service, which is the LSAC. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like $320. So it's a big chunk of money. Yeah. And it's necessary. You cannot apply to schools or take without the LSAT without that. paying for it. And I yeah. know there are waivers, but I didn't qualify for any waivers. So I had to pay in yeah, full. I didn't either. So note that you will have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Um, different applications cost money. I know some of them, there are also waivers. Some of them, if you go visit their school, you can get like a little card and they'll waive the fee. So, Mm -hmm. you know, but also going and visiting the school costs money. So note that some of the applications you will have to pay for. And like I said, 
once you are accepted and you paid that money, you've taken the LSAT, now you have to secure your spot. So you're going to have to pay that initial down payment to and secure I think your spot. That ranges from like $200 to like, I know some schools do like a thousand dollar seed deposit. Ours was like 500, mm-hmm. I think. And, and that, you could do it in two payments. Yeah, you can too. do it in two payments, but like you need to know that, and you can put a seed deposit for multiple schools yeah. too. So you kind of just have to scope your situation out. You know, if you've got fee waivers for applications like that, you can apply to more schools. But if you don't get fee waivers, it's usually around $60. But what I did to get fee waivers, I would just call up the school and be like, hey, I'm really interested in applying. Do you think I could get a fee waiver? And then just send in the mail. Oh, awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. I know some schools also will pay you back for coming and visiting their school and have like stipends for students who want to come visit their school and help to alleviate travel costs. So yeah. That's and that's, I think really that's usually for students who are traveling. Um, I think it's more than 250 miles. Mm-hmm. So, which I mean, even from where I was, it was exactly miles. So exactly. It's probably pretty easy to accomplish. Obviously taking the LSAT classes is expensive. I know I said that before and it was not cheap when I did that. Even buying the books, if you don't take a class or if you just, I know some people say they study for a small amount of time. I mean, none of that's free. So you have to think about that whenever you're thinking of budgeting and going to law school and starting this process. I think if you are an, in undergrad and you're in your junior year, mm-hmm. that summer, because you're not going to be applying usually to schools until early September, maybe late August if it's early action. Yeah. But I think that summer is a great time to save up money for all your law school application yeah. costs. Um, I think that applies to anyone working as well. Like if you know you're going to be applying to law school, save up and kind of look at your options. Because depending on whether you want to take the class for LSAT prep or just buy the books, like that's a huge price difference. Yeah. So. And you're just going to want to know what you can afford. Exactly. So now you're in law school. And what do you do when you get your first student loans? You got to budget it because you only get one payout and you need to make sure it stretches you until the next time. I guess the way to budget for me was kind of looking at how much I was paying for rent, looking at utilities. I mean, I had a very different living situation last semester compared to this semester. So I was a little um, more free with my money last semester because I was paying a lot less in rent. But when I moved into my own apartment, it went up almost half of what I was paying. Double. Yeah, double. So that's something to take into account too. Like how much money are you going to be spending on rent? Where are you going to live? How much do you usually spend with food, um, utilities, everyday things, medications you may take. Do you have a dog? Like vet bills, emergency vet money, like all these things that you need to think about. Start tracking that and that's how you're going to start your budget. Yeah. I have to budget my money because I will spend everything. So whenever I got my loans, I sat down. I knew how much I was going to get. I knew the allotted amount. Um, I went through the FAFSA just like everyone else got the normal student loan that was offered. And once they take out your tuition, you get your reimbursement. And that's what I divide up and make sure, you know, I see how much money I have, how much money I'm under, you know, if you're going to need some help to work, Mm -hmm. you know, these different things that will kind of depict what your situation will look like too. So doing that at the beginning of the semester 
right before you get your loans would probably be my best yes advice. Also, I know it's very tempting for people that may have not had a large sum of money come into your account at one time mm-hmm. and it can kind of give you a false sense of like, oh, I'm rich Security. now. And um, learn from my mistakes because I thought that having all this extra money meant more shopping. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, don't do that. It won't end well that way. No. Because <laughs> like I said, it only pays out once. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So how do you even make a budget? I think that there are a lot of things out there on how to make one and what to do. First and foremost, you have to start by tracking your expenses. So now that we've talked about the first part of your budget, it's obviously tracking your expenses like I just explained before. Yeah. So I guess the second part would be like, how much money do you have to save? Yeah. How much money, you know, what are you going to need? Like basically once you've tracked it all, you've seen how much your rent's going to be. What are you going to be over on? What are you going to be under on? Are you going to have any room to save? Are you going to have any room to go out to eat? Or are you going to have to eat ramen for the next I mean, I so think, many days? I think when you think about saving money, um, especially for people in like long distance relationships, yeah. like travel money to see Ugh. your significant other or do you have a season in your life coming up where you're going to be going to a lot of weddings like you need to start thinking of in advance like oh all the expenses that come with weddings can i even afford to go yeah um so it's kind of thinking ahead thinking of what could happen and then planning on saving money while you're making money yeah it's a good rule of thumb to always save money but I think this time is going to be like incredibly crucial because you're going to be so without and everything's going to be very tight. So you need to make sure that you have some kind of cushion to fall back on. Yes, I totally agree. And then at all after all that is done, you will create your budget and take your amounts and you'll subtract and get a spreadsheet. I like to have a nice spreadsheet of what, you know, it says my rent, this, mm-hmm. you know, Excel or Google yeah. Sheets. Wi-Fi this. You know, you have your things that you have to have to your living expenses and then you have extras after that and go from there. So I think after you've decided kind of like this is my budget, mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to stick to, you have to then think, okay, uh, what money am I going to be using to fulfill this budget? Yeah. So that's a whole new part. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ways you can get money yeah. for law school. For law school, there are a lot of ways. Obviously, you can take out student loans. You can get scholarships. You can have someone else finance and pay for it. I am personally doing a mix of all of those things. Same. Um, I did save up some money before I came to law school, which, which is, was smart. Um, I mean, is it, mu- is it much more than what I have now? No. But um, <laughs> it was something. And then, um, yeah, scholarships. Also. PSA. Yeah. There's a lot of scholarships that um, you can apply for if you don't get one from the school you want to go to. So there's literally hundreds and there are all kinds of amounts. They range from like $500 to who knows, a lot of money probably. Yeah. And there are minority scholarships, um, GPA based scholarships, some you have to like write an essay for. So there's plenty of opportunities to get free money that you won't pay back. So you just have to kind of take the time out of your day and yeah, apply just those. sort through and try and find one that fits you. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I know scholarships can be hard sometimes. I know I was always yes. like, 
uh, I'm never qualified, but exactly. if you search hard enough, you can probably find it, especially exactly. with hundreds of options. Yes. And so we're going to actually link um, a few resources for you guys that you can kind of click through and that will be in the show note. Um, I guess the next way that most people Do. get their scholarships from is by applying with FAFSA, yeah. which is the federal student aid, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you apply go on for there, that. enter all your information yeah. in, and then that's basically how you get your loans public school. student loans. So there's a difference between federal student loans and private student loans, and that's how you get your federal student loans. Mm-hmm. And those generally have the lowest interest rate. So yes, going through the FAFSA is definitely something that you'll want to do. Student aid can just be overwhelming and hard to just comprehend. So I recommend, like she said, looking at some of these tools that we're going to have. We also found this really good website page that breaks down the difference between federal and loans versus private student loans. And that's, you know, how I actually realized that the interest rate was different, you know, and how it goes back to repaying it and if they're subsidized and what does subsidize mean. So we're going to, like we said, we're not experts. We're not financial advisors. So we're going to link some of this for you guys to check out. And yeah, like I said, there are a lot of ways to get money. And um, after you check out the federal versus um, private loans, it'll give you an idea of what you have to do. I think everyone's situation is different. Um, so you just kind of have to look at your own situation. It's a case-by-case basis. Yeah. Um, and not everyone's going to have to go down the same route, you yeah. know? So, and maybe you're going to make it like one of your own. Like we're saying, you know, we use a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. making our own. I mean, like then, there's so many different situations. Yeah. But I think if you are on the boat where you're going to be short on money mm-hmm. and you don't want to take out maybe an extra private loan or something, there are ways that you can like make money on the side. Yes, there's totally ways. I think, you know, nannying, babysitting pet sitting, house sitting, these things that you can do, uh, answering the phones at mm-hmm. different places, um, are things, all things you can do while studying. People usually are willing to help a, a law student and yeah. a student in general. You could always do dog walking. There's like a Rover app. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like in undergrad, I used to sell clothes on Poshmark and yeah. I'm probably going to start doing that over the summer once I start clearing out like my closet. Yeah. So, and I know there's some people in our law class that like do Uber Eats and like Postmates and they only do it like once or twice a week just, and they get to choose their hours. Yeah. So if you have just like Uber. Exactly. So if you have a, you know, working car and you qualify, like that might be worth doing it just for a few hours a night, you know? And just trying it out and seeing if it doesn't get you anywhere or help out. Because I mean, the good thing about that is you can set your own hours and which is nice with our schedule. Mm Mm-hmm. If you have any specific questions, we always think that it's important that you go to your school specifically and reach out to your financial aid or your registrar's office or, you know, the student academic services at your law school or your undergrad and talk to them about how to finance your way to go to law school because there are options out there. You don't have to do this alone and there are people that want to help you. So you just have to find them. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I'm just piggybacking off of what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, talk to your financial aid department. That's probably the best thing you can do. They will maybe give you resources that you didn't know about and maybe that we didn't even know about. So we can't really necessarily help you with because your school might have specific scholarships that you have to inquire about 
um, that you could qualify for. They're not necessarily just out there for people to see. Yeah, and I know you get scholarships sometimes through your law school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, make sure you reach out and ask them, like, and sometimes they have specific scholarships you can, like, apply through, you know? Mm -hmm. So even... Aside from the ones we found, you, there's more out there. You just got to do research and be diligent. And sometimes that's just hard because we're already working a lot and doing it. But money is important. And sometimes we just have to set that aside and, you know, put in the hard work because it will pay off yep. to pay for this in the end. You know, we live won't like take- a student now so you can live like a lawyer later or something like that. Yeah. Lot. And basically I feel like that is all the way until probably like five years out of law school, you live kind of like a student even after till you can pay off your loans and make a big dent in that, mm-hmm. you know, because yep. once you do start making money, just like you were saying, when it like you get the money in your account, when you first get paid your student loans, you're just like, Oh my gosh, I have so much money. I can shop. I can do whatever I want. And that's kind of how you get once you get out in the real world and start working and making money, you just kind of like, yeah, I'm doing it. There's a point where you have to be mature and take care of yourself and pay off your debt. And don't take a credit card out mm-hmm. um, because it's very tempting when you're short on money to use it and then get stuck with student loans, that's not enough to pay it off. So, <laughs> yeah, so you, that, that doesn't end well. So our main takeaways are make sure you're saving from the beginning. Make sure you're looking at the cost to go to law school, to apply and taking all of that into account and just save, save, save so that whenever you don't have an income and you are in law school and working to better yourself, you can have that cushion to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. Thanks. But um, yeah, I guess on that note, we will keep you guys updated on coronavirus. As always, I hope that everyone's safe and healthy and doing good. Uh, online classes are doing good. And make sure and check us out on ourladieswholawschool.com. You can rate and subscribe us on Apple, Spotify, give us some reviews. Um, thanks everyone for entering in the giveaway and don't forget to buy some merch can't wait to talk to you guys again soon wash your hands bye